uh, this lesson is coming from Mecca for the first time in a couple of years. Normally we do it in Medina, but it was a bit difficult because we couldn't find the space. And the irony, subhanAllah, is we come to Mecca and we have to close the curtains. We have a haram view. We actually have a view of the haram. And we have to close the curtains to block out the view of the haram. Because you can't see me. That's Gustaki behavior right there. I'm sure that's a haram statement. <laughs> A haram does what it wants But the problem is Is that the light Comes in so much That it makes the screen Literally just go all dark So that doesn't work And we're thinking Of doing it in a haram But um, It's too noisy That's the problem And we've got to keep in mind The folks who are on the podcast uh, Which is how the majority of people Now actually listen to the message uh, to, the, to, the, to the lesson And uh, There's no way you can get That kind of quiet outside In the haram It's very very noisy um, And you know Obviously she's not here To play around with uh, the voice recorder and all the rest of it Anyway So what we're going to be doing today Actually is quite a quite a heavy lesson to be honest uh, Because it's at, I mean last week was the The light part Because just Allahumma salli ala Muhammad Right and, uh, Wa ala ali Muhammad But now it's going to get into a dua point Anyway Let's just finish that off So he said He said What did he say? Uh, he said that then you say, Muhammad 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 Um and I'm just gonna stop there because that's more than enough. Um the translation is uh and then he says after the after the tashahud, Oh Allah, send your uh, praise upon Muhammad and upon the followers of Muhammad like you have sent your praises upon the followers of Ibrahim and indeed you are the all praised the all glorious and bless uh, Muhammad and the followers of Muhammad like you have blessed the followers of, uh, of Ibrahim and indeed you are the praised uh, the, all, the always praised the Majid and then he seeks uh, refuge from the punishment of Jahannam, the hellfire. So that's the translation. And last week, we um, we finished uh, the Al, okay? Ala Al Ibrahim. And then at the bottom of in the in the in the commentary is one six six of volume three of Al Mumtia. Um, it's now he wants to talk about Wabarakala Muhammad. Which means that he misses out in Hamid al Majid, and he's not going to actually talk about in Hamid. Uh, well, actually, he, he will mention it. Okay, but only very briefly. All right, let's just quickly talk about Wabarik ala Muhammad. What does that mean? Send uh, baraka upon him. Wabarik is a barak is a fil amr. Yeah, it's a command. So if you want someone to have, uh, you know, we say barak Allahu fiq. Yani, oh Allah, send a baraka upon this person. Barak Allahu fiq in you or with you. It means send barakah. Um, 
And we said last week or a couple of weeks ago that barakah comes from the word birka, which is where the water gathers and it gathers very quickly and a huge amount. So you can see that it's talking about increasing amounts. Yeah, and from something which doesn't look very big suddenly produce something very, very small. And that's what barakah is. You know, when we say that person's got barakah, somehow they're doing a little business or a little action and suddenly huge results. So it's about increasing uh, in, in, a, uh, 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 in quantity, in quality. So here, Sheikh Uthameen, he says that Baraka means kathratul khayrat wa dawamiha wa stimrariha. And uh, so that means that not only does it mean lots of good, but it means that it continues and that it doesn't stop. And it also means that the action continues after the original action is finished as well. So, for example, the Baraka in an action is أَنْ يُوَفِقِ اللَّهُ وَالْإِنسَانِ لِعَمَلٍ لَا يُوَفَقُ لَهُمْ مَنْ نُزِعَدْ مِنْهُ الْبَرَكَةِ Yani, barakah in action means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless and give tawfiq, this divine ability and permission for someone to do something that another person is just not going to do. And the difference between the two is nothing other than that Allah will be giving the ability and that blessing for that person to, uh, because of things that they do and because of certain tendencies, that way is going to be made easier. Um, I think, did I mention last week there's no such thing as luck? Or, what, you know, that, that football cliche, what did they say? You make your own luck. You make your own luck, but it's something even better than that. No, uh, uh, did is it is it is it one of the old footballers who says it's amazing the how more, the more practice, the practice I do how lucky I am the, yeah, the yeah. I yeah. yeah yeah exactly the that practice, yeah the more I practice the luckier I get that's the perfect explanation of baraka okay because people think well hold on this goes against qadr uh, Allah subhanahu wa taala if a person is uh, responsible for their own actions then. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually favoring certain people over other. That's unfair then to the kuffar. No, it's not unfair to the kuffar at all. Two things are at play here. First of all, everyone makes their own luck, quote-unquote, meaning they make their own qadr, they make their own barakah. If they hang around with good people, do good things, yani have good thoughts, then, you know, surprise, surprise, good things are going to happen, right? Uh, and likewise, uh, so that's the first part. You do make your own barakah. And so people who keep doing those actions... You know, we keep saying about the morning. Everybody know, uh, hears this idea that the, the mornings are full of barakah. Not if you go to sleep at 2 o'clock in the morning, it's not. Yeah? At 2 o'clock in the morning, you're not waking up in the morning, first of all. And if you try to wake up at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning and then say, right, let's see what this whole barakah of the morning's about. Yeah? And you see the next 5, 6 hours is just you zonked out in a, in a zombie zone. Go to sleep at 9 o'clock at night time. Wake up at 6 o'clock and say to yourself, Bismillah, we're going to smash it. And you'll see you do things that morning that you've not done in a year in terms of you know how procrastinating you are and suddenly you'd be amazed just how true the whole barakah line is so it's important it's a, it's a two-way thing by the sounds of it Go if you're going to say that you it depends on people's effort as well as the dua yeah, yeah? So no doubt about it yeah i mean it's not it's not uh, barakah does not just fall on a person randomly like you know a non-deserving person and well sometimes we don't see that deservingness but I mean, it's, it's, I'm not going to say there's no point in us making the du'a then if the person's not going to do what they're doing. But you see where I'm coming from? So du'a, you see, it's very important to understand. So what we're now talking about is qadr now. We've moved now swiftly from barakah to qadr. And the one thing that, uh, that complicates qadr is du'a, right? There are narrations, of course, that make this even more interesting. But if, in my, if to my mind, they make it clearer. The, the statement of Umar, and some say it's authentic to the Prophet is that the dua and qadr, they fight in the heavens. Okay? 
And dua and qadr fighting would indicate that the dua overcomes the qadr. And the Muslim has got to act their life like that. And they should believe that. The difference is though, is that as part of qadr, Allah knows which one is going to happen. That person was going to be worthy of making dua. Him then or her making that dua. Them being sincere and intentional as part uh, and sincere with good intentions for that dua. And that therefore the dua taking over was always part of the qadr in the first place anyway. That's where it gets us, you know, it gets deep. And that's why you make this the other. Sorry? That's what I'm trying to say. People think that if you're, when you hear fighting, that they're the opposite. They're the opposite if you were to take a snapshot of what they think was going to happen and what the dua is asking for. But what if I say to you that the dua was always going to be responded to, that Allah knew that the dua was going to be made, the person was worthy of the dua being answered, the dua being answered was then going to be the opposite of what they thought was going to happen, but all of that is qadr anyway. That approach is taken because um, people get caught up in this idea that, oh, if it's qadr, then I can't change it. I can't do anything. And the idea then is to encourage them, no, you make dua. Exactly that. Dua is the, almost like the fail-safe or the, the valve of the pressure cooker to allow people to actually understand that qadr of course is so powerful and you have that to so if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants the people to have tawakkul he also doesn't want them to give up as well if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants people to be content with his decree he doesn't want them to just then become the people who like what well, is already decided anyway so what's the point so people need to appreciate that they've got the power to change and of course it does changing all the time changing where in our lives in our perception not changing in Allah's perception and that's why Allah al-Mafud has everything written out. So the people of Barakah are people who earn their Barakah. They are chosen because of some intrinsic good. But this is the point I was trying to make. Sometimes we as humans will never see that intrinsic good or the, the propensity or the, 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 the deservingness of that good. Is it always the case? Is it always the case you won't see it? Yes, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, that's like saying that um, if, if we said that the kuffar mm. yeah. are being given div divine blessing. So I, I, I want to make something clear. I'm talking about, when we talk about barakah, this is not a dunyai increase in wealth. Exactly. Yeah. That's what we think of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. But so yeah. because if you're thinking that, oh, the guy made loads of money, there's a massive difference to he's a great businessman, he's got lots of profits. Versus Barakah. Barakah is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's divine permission. Maybe even though that person themselves are not the greatest of businessmen, but because of a certain act that they do, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened that door. So it's not from the asbab of the dunya completely, even though a person's effort in terms of turning to Allah and so on. And these are what we call metaphysical actions more than actual physical ones. Yep. So it is a complicated uh, relationship. It is difficult. It is the aqidah. And once ever we go into Qadr, even though we might say nice words and rhetoric that makes sense, ultimately we're dabbling in logic. And when you use logic for an argument, logic can also refute that, as we were mentioning in Medina. And once you uh, uh, are playing around and get into this endless circle, never-ending circle of, of just logic versus logic versus logic, you will blow your mind. At that moment, you say, Because Qadr will eventually lead you to the difficult points. And it's not meant to be understood to an nth degree. It's not in the human realm. If we go back to what we were studying in here, uh, what's, what are we asking for the blessing of Allah So here, um, Sheikh Uthameen says, and I'm going to translate, 
exactly what he says. وَأَمَّا الْبَرَكَةَ فِي الْأَثْرِ فَأَنْ يَكُونَ لِعَمَلِهِ آثَارٌ جَلِيلَ نَافِعَ يَنْتَفِئُ بِهَا النَّاسِ وَلَا شَكَّ أَنَّ بَرَكَةَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ لَا نَظِيرٌ لَهَا وَلِذَلِكَ وَذَلِكَ لِأَنَّ أُمَّتِهِ أَكْثَرَ الْأُمَمِ وَلِأَنَّ إشْتِهَادِهِمْ فِي الْخَيْرِ أَكْثَرَ مِنْ إشْتِهَادِ غَيْرِهِمْ فَبُورِكَ لَهُ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ فِي مَنِ اتَّبَعَ وَبُورِكَ لَهُ فِي عَمَلِ مَنِ اتَّبَعَ يعني when we ask for the blessing of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he's passed away so you're as actually asking for a blessing in the ummah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and that's happened because it's the biggest of the ummah it's the one that took all the barakah. Yani we say all the barakah. He uses ishtihadihim is more than the ishtihad of the others. Ishtihadihim means effort. So we know the hadith that, <laughs> which is my favorite hadith of all time. The Jews came and they spent the whole day yani, slaving it out. Okay. Then the Christians came yani, and they took a couple of hours. And the Muslims came yani, at Maghrib around yani, five minutes of the day. And they took the whole pie. It's all about effort, yani. You know, they worked so hard, got so punished, got so, yani, spent so thousands of years, yani, living the, the hard life. The Christians then had, had a little taste of that and they slaved away as well. The Muslims come, yani, in the cycle of history as the Ummah of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa Like, think about it, we're 1400 years in. Yani, history at the worst type of uh, uh, estimate is at least 6,000 years or 4,000 years, yani, according to Judeo Christian kind of, you know, nonsensical ideas, okay? And according to scientific fact and whatever, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years. So I want you to imagine that out of human history, remember Adam and Islam is there at the beginning, okay? And even if you were to, now obviously I'm not pre pretending to understand all of the realities of creation because there's an argument that maybe dinosaurs, because obviously people have a major problem that Adam and Islam was the first being on earth because that would make him then hundreds of millions of years old. Hundreds of millions or millions? What did they say the dinosaurs were around? Hundreds of millions. Come on, Sheikh Google. You had to sort it out. Yeah. What, what is it? It's like... Just to give you... A, six to six million. Right? So, you're either saying Adam and Islam 66 million years, which is no joke. And you've got some huge gaps there that need to be covered. And you've got really problematic, difficult concepts to try to uh, uh, appreciate. Yani, are there huge gaps are there millions of people in between that we don't know are there uh um are we going to take a new uh, uh, approach where they uh, live for a million years and only by the time we get to Nuh is it down to 950 or a thousand because clearly Nuh salam was longer than normal human lifespan are the years of those times referred to in the Quran referring to multiple years of the kind of modern technology? All of these are on the table. As it's not been explained, we don't need to go into it. We trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We trust in the truth. The, the, great, the most important thing is this. You see, the problem in Christianity is that in the asal, asal text, you know what just happened? A bird flew past the camera of the, uh, uh, of the, the haram picture. Like, that was like... The... Um, uh, 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 the, the problem with the Christians is that in their original Injil and Torah, no, uh, 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 this is what we expect from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's word, there's no making statements that can then be proved wrong afterwards. Whereas when the humans got involved and put all their nonsense in and mixed it up, one of their mistakes was to put definitive statements in. That earth is this big, you know, that once you do that, you end up with egg on your face when it's clear and proof shows that there's, we've got little bones in our backyard, Yanni, that are older than your story that you're talking about. 
So the big difference with the Quran is it doesn't make a definitive statement that can then be disproved and cause a problem. The Quran leaves it open. If the Quran leaves it open, why are Muslims having a problem? All of our theories could work. Chill out and move on to the more important things. And you'll find that mostly it's the people who don't want to believe that are too caught up in these issues. You know Muslims say, oh, I've got a friend of mine who's having a problem because of this, that. Yo, that's not your friend's problem. Your friend's problem is that he doesn't believe in Allah's Prophet, so doesn't see a reason for his existence. These are just excuses convenient. If a person's real problem, uh, if he understood his real problem, these things would pale into insignificance. Yani, I'll give you this, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you this example. Let's say you're sitting there and you're really stressed out. How is it that Adam al-Islam's alive? At what point did he come? Crustacean period, Neanderthal period. Was he a man that had Neanderthal features that he's at the part of that homo, uh, what's homo, what, homo what? No, where's Homo sapien? What's the, what do they say? What do they call? Erectus, erectus, yeah. Homo erectus and Homo X and Homo Y. That Adam a.s. was part of that different type of species and then it carries on. And that this little change is not called evolution. That's micro changes that we even see in our life today. You see, at that period, even Homo erectus, do uh, years of Homo erectus, right? Even that, uh, I think that's also multi-millions because they're saying they were around the dinosaurs, right? Okay, so they're saying the dinosaurs were around for 50 million, 60 million years. Right, okay. So now, if I was to now put to you now Homo erectus or Homo as a species, okay, human beings as a species has been around only a million years, that's a lot more doable if you find out that Nuh al-Islam himself lived over a thousand years or 950 years. You know, sometimes million years is nothing. You can break that down into a few hundred uh, generations. It's game, it's game over in terms of a problem. That could be a solution. It could be that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in sending Adam alayhi salam did, didn't uh, see it as important to tell us that there was animals or X, Y, Z on the earth. That would not be a contradiction between the creation of human beings. There's so many possibilities, right? There's so many possibilities of, um, uh, you know. But my point is this, is that when you look at science and they, and they, they create a, what do they do? They create a clock, don't they? They say that, it, that if life, if human, if uh, world history, what did they call it? If created history was a clock, it's a phrase they use, then we're at uh, 11, 59, 58. Is it doomsday clock? I don't know what it is, but the point is, is that if you put us on a clock where you know, everything is relative in terms of development, a, de a, de a developmental clock, so in terms of if you look at the first 100 million years or 66 million years, and especially if you look at the, the, the creation of the universe, right? If you look at the creation of the universe, it gets into hundreds and hundreds of millions, right? And so the idea is, is that if you um, are looking at each period of time and seeing what has happened in each period of time in terms of development, then human history as we know, which is in the last few thousand years of actual development, in the wider pie of the beginning of the Big Bang and all the rest of it, we are at 1159, 59, 59 milliseconds, that kind of thing. And if you look at Islam, then we're an even tiny amount. That's the point I'm trying to make. And all of the khair we took, yani we took the final messenger, we got the final message. Think of all of human history and all of what they've been told and what they had to do. We got the, the final seal deal, the final testament, everything. So that's barakah. If that's not barakah, what is barakah? Yeah, you, you, you know what I'm trying to say? Think of us being on that billion years clock and we chose the right time. It's like they say, can you imagine, you know, it's that, 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 that's a football saying, uh, 100, 100 billion galaxies, 100 billion years, and we, we were lucky to be at the time where both we saw Ronaldo and Messi playing. 
You know that kind of phrase. That's like the the the, the, the miskin football version. Now put it into the the human akhirah deen kind of concept. We smashed it. We could have got it or just if we were out by no point no 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 one percent and born three thousand years earlier, it'd be disaster. That's barakah. So the barakah is in our actions, in our ummah, in our uh uh. In our propensity to act as well. All right, let's move on. So, so if, yeah, go. If you're going to apply that to somebody else that has passed away, is it possible? In this uh, uh, ummah. To ask for barakah for somebody else that's passed away. Yes, because that barakah will be in their athar. Remember, because we said that that from the from the uh, uh, from the the consequences or from the meanings of barakah is that things continue after they've. I mean, that's the best form of barakah possible, right? When you think of something jaria. Right, and also don't forget that if barakah is all about results and reward, then we know that when people pass away, they also continue to get reward. The hadith of Abu Hurairah, yeah, which we say. The Prophet uh, we, uh, it does, could, could do, yeah. it does. I mean, otherwise there'd be no point us saying Allahumma salli ala Muhammad. When we're wanting him to be praised, it's not that we, as he's in his position in Jannah, it's about him. Just gonna put this audio thing here. It's about him being even more praised, even more respected, even more loved, even more honored. So it's not like he's going to be punished. It's not like he's going to not make it to Jannah. That's already confirmed. So um, the barakah continues for all people. But for the Prophet the barakah is not this because that's what Allahumma salli is for. That's what the salam and salawat are for. The barakah is for us and our actions and for his sunnah to be continued to be blessed. So it's his sunnah continuing. وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على على الإبراهيم سبك أن الآل إذا أفردت تشمل جميع الأتباع. Okay, so we said before that when آل is mentioned on its uh, 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 on its own, then it it covers all of the followers. Okay, فالمراد بآله أتباعه. So therefore, it's not in the translations like you see his family. It's not his family; it's his followers. Okay, and and you know I mentioned uh, last week. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in Surah Al-Ghafir, "وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةُ أَدْخِلُ آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَشَدَ الْأَذَابِ." And when the the day that the, that Qiyamah will be established, it will be said, "Enter, O followers of Fir'aun, أَشَدَ الْأَذَابِ." آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ It's the family of Fir'aun. We said there's Muslims in the family of Fir'aun. It's not the actual family, but if then it means Okay, when you have Allahumma ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa wa when you say that, now you've obligated a different meaning to Al. Yeah, because you've added those in. You've added those specifics. So Atba' followers, Ashab companions and friends, and Al are, as we said last week, the believing members of his family from Bani Hashim and all of the children that come from them. So that means today as well, Hashemite, yani original, what we perhaps call them? Sayyids. Sayyids. Yes. And what's the other words we use? Sayyids and. Sayyids and. No, there are some other pack words and Bengali words and. Hashemi? Ha- no. They do call them some other different names. Chaudhary? Not Chaudhary. Chaudhary. Chaudhary wishes, man. Bro, is it not enough, Yanni? Your dad's Pele. Is it dad? 
dad does what he wants. He does, doesn't he? Once, man. No, but, Even um, what's the crack with that, though? So no, there's no knows. doubt about it. But let me just get that name right. Shana, Sheikh, Sheikh. Nobody knows. No, man, it's the, the Arab name. It's gone completely out of my mind. Oh. Why are they called the Arabs? What do they call themselves? Afrobeat. No. I can't believe it's gone out of my mind. Anyway, uh, the crack is, is that uh, these are people who are honoured if they live up to their honoured status. Nothing more, nothing less. No, uh, the Prophet said the Hadith, that no person's lineage will increase them or give them an advantage unless they reach their potential. Mm. It's like I put you, I see potential in you as a kid, put you in the academy, you're only going to be good if you actually train. It's not like, yeah, and I'm not going to train, I'm not going to do anything, and I'm going to be the next Pele. What am I saying Pele for? Pele's Lebanon. <laughs> next Messi. Yeah, that's a disaster. These lot might be thinking we did this, yeah, only last week. I just want to say, yes, yeah, we did see the result here in Makkah. Yeah, United, yeah, basically got done by Messi. And Ajax are through, and uh, Ajax are going to probably win it. How about that? No, hopefully. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully, innit? Yeah. yeah, we don't want to win United or City to win. Flipping, eh? Oh, Liverpool. Oh, Liverpool. Oh, Liverpool. Oh, Liverpool. Oh, Liverpool. Oh, Did I just say United or City? Still, still living the dream. City or Liverpool? Huh? So, um. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, gonna, that's getting turned over. Right. Um, and so, just to. Just a few examples. We keep talking about this, but it's a very important principle. A few examples of this uh, rule. Islam and Iman, yeah? We're happy with that. Islam and Iman. Uh, words which, when they are used by themselves, include both meanings. Words which, when they're used and compared against another one, get a specific meaning. Faqir and miskin. Excellent example. Okay? Faqir means miskin. Miskin means faqir. It just means poor person. But when you put them together, faqir and miskin, faqir is definitely poorer. Than the miskin. Miskin has basically day to day living hand to mouth. Fakir is destitute. You get what I'm saying? Uh, bir and taqwa. Bir and taqwa both mean righteousness, yani when they're, but they're by themselves. But when they are then used together in a phrase, yani al bir or taqwa, then you're now looking for a generosity and kindness and ease in bir. You're looking for a caution and awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in taqwa. Uh, what else did he say? Yeah, that's the, that, those, that, those are the examples that he gives. Um, إِنَّكَ حَمِيدٌ مَجِيدٌ إِنَّكَ حَمِيدٌ مَجِيدٌ Alright, we say إِنَّكَ حَمِيدٌ uh, Well, we do say إِنَّكَ حَمِيدٌ مَجِيدٌ الجملة, This is الاستئناثية uh, It's يعني giving us some kind of reasoning It's like trying to like almost kind of explain the sentence of اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد and so on Hamid is come uh, That concept of the rising that you're saying Exactly Exactly. So Hamid comes from the Arabic verb of fa'il. Okay? So the, the form fa'il. And fa'il, it mean, its meaning is fa'il, the one who does. So if the fa'il is the actor, all right? But it also, and fa'il also means fa'il, which means it's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the actor. But also Hamid is interesting because it's also maf'ul as well. Yani the one who, uh, the object. You know, in a, in a sentence, you have the fa'il, who's the one who does something, and the maf'ul, yani the object, or maf'ul bihi, that which this thing is done to. Every uh, subject, every uh, sentence has that structure. So fa'il is interesting in that, uh, uh, in this uh, sentence, hamid is both fa'il and maf'ul. So Allah is the one who praises, and Allah is also the one who is praised. Okay? He's also the one 
who's praised in Arabic يعني he's the one who praises those others praises the good that they do and so on يعني those people who are يعني worshipping him standing يعني up for their deen and doing the right things Allah praises them Allah يعني uh, uh, is proud of them he boasts about them in front of his angels rewards them and tells the angels to increase them in khair and so on so he puts us praising and he's Mahmoud because that's يعني, what he's deserving of and what we do all the time especially obviously when we say Labbaik uh, for example like we have been as well um, He's praised for these two key reasons because of his perfection in every single attribute that's يعني, praiseworthy in of itself and because of his continuous unimaginable blessings that he continues to give uh, Majid فَهِيَ فَعِيلٌ بِمَعْنَى فَاعِلٌ This is not مفعول. This means that he is المجيد بمعنى فاعل أي ذو المجد He is the owner ذو always means يعني the possessor of the owner of المجد glory He's the owner of all glory And what is المجد العظمة وكمال السلطان عظمة mean magnificence and Kamal Sultan, complete and utter control and power. وَيُقَالْ فِي كُلِّ شَجَرٍ نَارٌ وَاسْتَمْجَدَ الْمَرْخُ وَالْعَفَارُ يعني This is a Arabic kind of uh, a method, parable, not parable, method. It's like a kind of like a... Uh, what? Yeah, like a, yeah, like an example. Um, he says هذا مثل مشهور عند العرب والمرخ والعفار نوعان من الشجر في الحجاز معروفان يعني أنهما أسرع الشجر انقداحا إذا دربت بالزند وإلا ففي كل الأشجار نار كما قال الله تعالى الذي جعل لكم من الشجر الأخضر نارا um, background to this parable Every tree, of course, is fuel and it burns very easy. And even the trees, which are green, right, which are kind of seen as more wet and not yani, have the ability, even they have the ability, all of them produce nar. Allah is Allah, Allah says in Surah Yasin, I'm sure all of us know this ayah at least, and he's the one who made from your green trees fire, okay? But the Arab saying is, Fi kulli shajarin narun, in every tree is fire, wastamjad al marhu wal afaru. But uh, it marh uh, and afar two particular species of trees istemjad have complete dominance and preferability over the others when it comes to this job for fire because these two they ignite very quickly what do we use for that fire light is from the artificial and what's the 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 the, the, the natural stuff no no the natural stuff the fluffy stuff you know there's certain fluffy type of uh, when you're in the bush you look for this type of you know twigs i guess and so on which catch fire very very quickly no if you do a flint against certain trees versus other trees you're going to get better results right the point is is that wood wool wood wool yeah okay so yeah there's a concept that there are certain trees that are better than others and so the word majd is to indicate complete dominance in one species over another. And for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the 
يعني the owner of all majd, of all glory, of all excellence, of all perfection. Alright. Alright. So, So, we've now finished the Salat Ibrahimiyyah. In conclusion, what have we said? That there are uh, up, to, up to 10 different versions. All of these you can learn. Hisn Muslim is the best يعني, source for the basic Muslim. Yeah? I mean, at the, at the simple level, your parents have taught you something. But then at the next level, when you take it to the next Yani, uh, where you want to now uh, mix it up, you go to Hisnu Muslim, the fortification of the, the for, what's it called? Fortress. Fortress of the believer. Fortress of the, of the Muslim. Um, and that's got a number of variations, which as I said, so important to memorize, to bring, bring the prayer to life so that you're not just Yani in that dead zone where you're just saying things that are just, you know, coming to. You, you only change it up, mix it up. Yet I think it's very useful to have the version that has the wives. It changes from Al to followers to his own personal wives, it brings it real yani, back to the Prophet It's a mood changer. I, I think that's very important. Um, and also, I find it very important to practice regularly, not saying Inna Majid at the end of the first. So Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, kama ala Ibrahim wa ala Ibrahim, wa barik ala Muhammad. It's a big shock to the system. You think I've done something wrong when you say it, right? Because you're so used to saying Inna Majid twice. Now, when you and I tell you that it's authentic to say it just once and you change it, you suddenly become more aware of what you're saying. So these are the little kind of tools that you play with, you use to improve the quality of your prayer. So that's now done. The Salawat Ibrahim is an obligatory aspect of the prayer. Then he says, And then he seeks refuge. Okay. Here is now being said in a way where, which would indicate the same type of Islamic ruling from the previous. Now we've already known the way that he's speaking about the Tashahud and the Salawat Ibrahimiyyah that that was obligatory and it is and Salat Ibrahimiyyah it is these are essential parts of the prayer. So is this part now essential as well? He's not going to say that you have to make isti'ada min adab jahannam and adab al-masih al-dajjal and mahir al-mamat is going to come we're going to talk about that in the next few weeks. Today it's going to be adab jahannam. The first question is uh, uh, is this obligatory? Some scholars did say that. That's the Zahiriya, okay? And Ibn Hazm, of course, as the Imam of that school. But the vast majority of scholars and the class position and so on is that every dua, every dua, and anything after Salat Ibrahimiyyah is recommended only, not obligatory. The main evidence for that is the statement of the Prophet let him then choose whatever he wants to make dua with. That is an optional statement. It can't possibly be uh, upon the means of obligatory. Um, and these four are very, very important as we're going to come to discuss over the next few weeks. But today we're going to focus on Adab Jahannam, the first one. Sheikh, yes. It says, Kama <coughs> Warada. Yeah. In the book. Yes. Kama Warada. Yeah. That's going to be the last statement after the four. Ah, after. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to come. That, so we're, going to, we're definitely going to talk about that. Uh, so we have Ta'eed. يعني أعوذ بياني he says أعوذ بالله من عذاب جهنم والعياذ هو الالتجاء والاعتصام المكروه يعني أن يعتصم بالله من المكروه it means to turn back to and to flee to and to seek protection from something that is hated or dangerous and here therefore it's asking Allah for his protection from that which is uh, يعني that which we're fleeing from والعياذ أن تلجأ إليه لحصول المطلوب يعني there's two things there's العياذ and الإعاذة these are two phrases which are similar in meaning but they are different in consequence. Um, uh, honestly, train, translating uh, Arabic poetry is missions, man. But basically, 
Ya man aluzu bihi fima uamiluhu wa man a'uzu bihi mimma uhadiruhu. La yakbiru nasu azman anta kasiruhu wa la yahiduna azman anta jabiruhu. Alright, let's give it a shot. Translation of this uh, two lines of poetry. Oh, the, oh, oh, he who I turn to in that which I yearn for and he who I seek refuge with from that which I run from. So that's the reason he's quoting this line to indicate there's two running twos. There's two types of fleeing. Yani the liyad and the iyad. Iyad is when you're fleeing to Allah for protection. And the liyad is when you're fleeing someone when you want someone. You know, like when you're clinging, like the kids cling to you, please, 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 please. Yani they're not scared. They want the ice cream, right? They want the sweets. They want, you know, please can we have a, you know, another half hour, whatever it is. Yeah. So, Ya man aluzu, oh the one who, I, oh he who I aluzu, I run to in those things that I my amal, my hopes, my dreams, my aspirations. Waman and oh the one I seek refuge from, uh, I seek refuge with, mimma uh, uhadiruhu, from those things that I'm scared of. No, nothing. La yajburun nasu azman anta kasiruhu. No bone of the people can be fixed, yani, if you have broken it. And no broken bone, uh, no b b bone can be broken uh, that, that you are the fixer of it. It's horrible in English, man, but you get the point. Okay? I think it's, it's clear. Uh, so, Sheikh Uthameen says that the liyad is, is associated with that which you dream about, and the ayad is that which yani, are horrible. وَحَذَان الْبَيْتَان لَيَصْلِحَان إِلَّا لِلَّهِ تَعَالَى وَإِنْ كَانَ قَائِلُهَا يَمْدَحْ بِهِمَا بِهِمَا مَخْلُوقًا فَهُمَا مِنْ شَدْحَاتِ شُعَرَاءً Really interesting and important point Sheikh Uthameen makes. That's why he was such a don teacher. He says at the end there, he goes, by the way, these two lines of poetry are only befitting of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even though, of course, this was written by Arabs praising one another. Okay? So they were talking about yani, human beings, and that's not yani, the becoming. So is this kufar? Is it haram? What does Sheikh Uthameen says? This is a really difficult word to translate, shatahat. But you can almost uh, say from the liberties of the poets. Not poetic license. He wants to make it far more problematic. Poetic license is, artistic license is, uh, is too positive a phrase. Leniency? No. But what if I say these boundaries are being crossed? That's why I'm saying liberties. Yeah, that's not that's negative then. Yeah. Yes. Taking Definitely liberty. This is definitely a negative. Shatahat is is a negative. How can how can we say it without without saying it's haram and kufar? Exaggerations is what I want to say. Yeah, I want to say that it's not always a haram. It doesn't always cross the line. It's always on the edge. It's the exaggerations. You know, poetry is only thing where people go, Oof, why are they going that? Because the line is like, you know, and my love for you is the love of the, the water running through. You know, it's a lot of nonsense, isn't it? Yeah? And you're, you know, your light upon me is the sun of the whatever. And people are going, oh, he loves me so much. Yeah, Shut up. Does anyone love anyone that much? Right? It's huge exaggeration. What's that phrase called? When you exaggerate something so much that it goes beyond probability, possibility, even permissibility. But it's that far gone that it's not wrong. But it's that far gone that people all know that he's completely talking nonsense. Yeah, it's 
He's chatting breeze, basically. It's liberties, exaggerations. You see how difficult this word is to translate? Excessive. It is definitely excessive. But what? Immoderate. Inordinate. No, no, these are just adjectives. Mm. What is? What would you conclude that these are, things are? Exaggerations, right? Exaggerations are the poets. Exaggerations would be like superlatives and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is though. These are superlatives that, that, that are out, that are not being given to the right people yeah. or the right way. How are you comparing the sun to someone's yani mercy upon you? Hyperbole. Hyperbole, yeah, that's the one. But hyperbole is still within the boundaries. Yeah, but sometimes hyperbole can be out as well with the person not intending it to go out, sometimes intending it to go out, and we just say, you know, uh, when a politician comes, it, comes with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hyperbole. Well done. Yeah, that's it. Hyperbole. Right. That's the But then you're saying that's always negative. No, no, it's not always negative because people know that poetry is because poetry has been allowed. So once poetry has been allowed, poetry is allowed with all its warts and all its bells and whistles. That's the point. Really? Yeah, of course. Until it goes into kufr and haram, then it's called out. But the idea of poetry is that it's literary arts taken to its max. Is pushing words to its maximum possible yeah, use. Now, it's it, 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 if you if you compare someone to the moon, it's a it's a lovely use of language, right? I was watching a documentary the other day of 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 love letters. It's classic. Yeah, and how much it impacts upon people, especially women, men who are very powerful with words, and that power is talking about like, for example, if the you know, like. If all the oceans were ink and all the the trees were pens, it could never express my love of you. Is that kufr to say that? I'm I'm borrowing a parable or a, a, an ayah from the Quran, which is talking about Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and it's clear that, yani, uh, that even this big pen, yani, couldn't yani write, couldn't write <coughs> the, the the praises of my wife or your wife or whatever. Yani, what a couple of pages. That's like about 1% of this pen. Like someone saying all the pens of the earth. But everyone who reads it goes, ah, And it's a lot of nonsense. And it's a, it's a, it's a complete yani, zulm to the pens of the earth and the ink and the oceans and the thingy. Yeah, but everyone gets it. Nobody's that different. Somebody changed me. Huh? Why was I watching document? Because every man's got to work on his love game. Allah. Allahu Akbar. <laughs> yeah, I'm a lover. Bro, no, there's a difference. And it's sticking. Yeah, no, 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 don't go there, lover. But um, what about these uh, Buddha Sharif etc. Then. So that's why some scholars were were you know lenient with a lot of it. But even the most lenient of scholars will have to say that some of the lines go into shirk. You've got to be careful. Like, you know, there's one thing when you say the the pens of the earth, whatever. But if I said, Yani... Can we get some up? Uh, we'll go on, then, yeah, let's bring up some, 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 some lines. Because uh, I, I used to know it back in the day. Really? Yeah, yeah, by I used heart. To know it. Um, yeah, by heart. First couple of... Uh, maybe first 10, 20, 30, 40 lines. I don't know, I can't, I can't remember. Sheikh. Maybe you could shed some of those uh, love, love you're, poetry. You're okay, yeah? Yeah. Love poetry. I'm sure, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure you do want me to share those love poetry as well. <laughs> 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 English conversion, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Just write some to me later, Shafi. So this is the Burda, that famous Sufi poem, which has got all kinds of problems. And if we're trying to say that exaggerations are okay, yeah. So that's why I like I, I, for for me. 
the Burda has some beautiful lines sure. and it's not all kufr and haram and it's not all a disaster but some lines are really embarrassing and you just got to know your boundaries and the, and the tears mixed with blood flowing from your eyes due to the remembrance of the neighbor of Say it loud at least, man. It doesn't, no, I don't have to repeat it. Forget that one, that's nothing. No. After all of that, yeah? Yeah. Legit one. It, it even goes against <clears throat> the general rules of Arabic as well. Yeah, yeah breaks <laughs> rules of Arabic, breaks rules of literary boundaries, sometimes, you know, flirts with haram, and he, you know, Bro, do you realize this is a lesson, yeah? You're sitting there and he's spending 26 years trying to find the any legit words of thinking. Anyway, I think people get the point. You know what I mean? That, was, that could have been a nice thingy there. That could have been a nice session, but you just mashed it, bro. Yeah, nice thing Go on. you got to say it like a poet as well, bro. Yeah, so, O oh, noblest of creation. Yes. I have no one but you to turn to accept. I have no one but you to turn to except you when major calamity strikes. That's yani, ridiculous. Okay. You do not take my. Now, hand you see, no, no, wait, 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 wait. Oh, noblest creation. Of course he is. Alayhi salam. I have no one to turn to except you when, when calamities strike. Okay. I just know that uh, the Arabic line of that. I just remember that. Goodness, man, it's gone out of my head. If you do not take my hand out of kindness on the day of resurrection, then what great trouble will I, I will be in? Yeah, so. So you see, here's a problem, right? These are lines which you could see justified. Yeah, and the one defending it can see how he can defend it. And the one blaming can see where they can blame. Yeah, and the one who is yeah, scared can say, this is only, yeah, this should only be said about Allah. And that's absolutely correct. At the same time, the one who's defending it can defend it, but they're going to have to make metaphors and make ta'wil and say X, but it means this and it means that and it means this and it means that. And the other one's going to say, well, hold on. Yani, so therefore, you admit that red as itself, it only belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you have to have this caveat, that caveat, that caveat. So how's that something allowed? They'll turn around and say, this is poetry. The whole point of poetry is that it's meant to be metaphorical and so on and so forth. You know what I'm trying to say? So that's why poetry is a dodgy area. Lots of mistakes are made. And that's why you have the word shataha. Yani you have these liberties that are taken. And it's best not to. And I just want to make it clear that when I say poetry is allowed, poetry is condemned as well. Yani for people who spend too much time yani in this and it's best to be speaking clearly and it's best to be speaking on the, the, the right stuff, the right, right issues and safe matters. And you can see it, is, there's, there is, it does leave something in the heart yeah, when you're saying they're the only one that I turn to. We turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We talked about this in a couple of lessons ago. I think Sumer mentioned on the, the portal. It's amazing how much focus there is upon the Prophet وسلم, and so much love for the Prophet وسلم, and in absence for love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a real thing in the Muslim Ummah. It genuinely is. And you know, the promotion of these poetries and less yani, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is... And that's why you see he, Al-Busiri, okay, He's never going to be able to throw off the tag of being, yani, you know, the controversial poet who either did shirk or didn't do shirk or who had some problems or, you know, or he was a great poet, whatever. And Ibn Qayyim will always, yani, be praised for his poetry. Ibn, Ibn Qayyim's poetry on Jannah, for example, if you see his poem, poem on Jannah, it's mind-blowing. Let alone, yani, when it's said in rhythm in Arabic, whatever, but his meaning is mind-blowing. He didn't take any risks. He didn't you know, play and flap about. 
and it is better than any poem you'll ever read. Does it talk about strings like that, though? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, yeah, goodness me. That, that's what Super that's powerful. What, that's the whole kind of... Uh, the, the incentive uh, behind yeah, it, to create, to create words. And that's why, you know, it's difficult to divorce poetry from context. And, and likewise, the Qasida Vurda uh, Sharif should also not be divorced from context. It should be understood who the person was who said it as well. He is yani, a criminal, he was an armed robber or something, and then he has a conversion. And you know when people convert, they're in a massive wave of emotion, and they really have seen something from the Sunnah that did indeed save them, and you immediately make the Nasab to that, link it to that, as opposed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no doubt he's thinking of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and, but when you have to start making excuses and try to you know, explain too much, you lose the flavor. A lot's on the reader, I guess. Yeah. We're going to put this to Joe Blog. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing. Yani the masses, you know, should yeah, you be given. They were, they were reading in Medina. I sent some ladies with books out there. Sick. Medina is the place and the home of that. Uh, how many minutes are we on? Uh, I've got two minutes left. So we're in 48. Because mm. there's a lot to speak about on the next point. All right. He then says, Min Adabi Jahannam. So he makes it the Adam in Adabi Jahannam. A. Al Adabu Al Hasil Minha. I.e. We seek refuge from the punishment that will come from Jahannam. Uh, and Min, here, from Jahannam, this is something which is used in uh, uh, Min Adab Jahannam. It means, uh, 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 how can I uh, say, A Adabun Fi Jahannam, the punishment that's present in Jahannam. And Jahannam is a alamun ala nar alati a'addaha azza wa jalil kafirin. Alamun, what's an alam? Name. A name, yeah. I think it's just, just simple to keep it as a name. It's a name for the fire which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prepared for the kafirin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al Imran, Wattaqunar alati u'addatil kafirin. And protect yourself from a fire which has been prepared for the disbelievers. And this fire has been described in terms of its attributes and the characteristics of its punishment in the book and the sunnah uh, to a detail which makes the skin crawl and there are a number of issues that we need to address concerning it. And he's now going to open this and I think we should take some. The first one, is it present right now? Hal hiya mawjooda al-an? Is it in existence right now? Answer, it is in existence. It is there. It was shown to the Prophet Sallallahu um, uh, whilst he was praying Salatul Qusuf. Um, and that hadith, just for reference, especially from the transcribing team, okay? That hadith narrated by Bukhari in the book of the, uh, book of the Adhan, hadith number 690 and also hadith number 1052. Actually, 1052 is a specific one. So he saw it, and he also saw it on the night of Mi'raj, okay? Um, and also the Quran makes it clear, U'iddat lil kafirin. U'iddat is past tense. It has been prepared for the kafirin. So the Baqarah verse 24. Uh, so it's, it's there. The second question. Hal hiya mu'abbada aw al-mu'ammada? Mu'abbada or Mu'ammada. Mu'abbada means permanent, Mu'abbada means temporary. Okay? Is it permanent or is it temporary? It's a <coughs> massive question, this. Okay? 
and uh, I think probably makes sense not to take this now and to take this next week. Is there nothing to say that people are going to stand you under better than that? That's the, that's, the, that, that's the reason. I mean, the reason why I don't think that I will take it today is Sheikh Uthameen is very adamant, like the vast majority of scholars. Yani, it is seen and ridiculed. Here's one of the interesting things. Uh, 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 Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah has a consensus, a practical consensus that the fire is uh, continuous and permanent, will never stop because of the just overwhelming huge amount of evidences for that. Um, one of the, uh, 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 but, but he doesn't give enough credence to the reverse argument. So even though he spends now two or three pages discussing just this, which is going to take us past our lesson time, um, I want to actually bring some of those. I want to discuss some of those evidences. Um, there's a lot of controversy around them based upon a statement of Umar and it was uh, considered to be the position of Ibn al-Qayyim and Ibn Taymiyyah. And that claim needs to come under that is temporary and that needs to come under serious uh, review and indeed criticism um sheikh uthameen for example you've seen in every single opportunity when he's discussing a matters whatever he will turn to sheikh islam and say but ibn taymiyyah said this and that's what we agree with here he says they made a complete mistake and they are qilla. they are an absolute minority which of course they are and one of the interesting things and this is the reason why i think it's important to leave for now is that you know the Ummah has differed by so much and you know that the sects differ so much but the Ash'aris and the Sufis and the, and the when I say Sufis, the Sufis is not a group that's considered the Ash'aris, the Maturidis, the, uh, uh, the Salafis, the Atharis, yani the, the Ahl Sunnah every single people of any kind of group have agreed on this point and you know when the Ash'aris and the Salafis agree on something in Aqidah you know that that's like a hardcore point of agreement you get what I'm trying to say? Do you think there's a reason why? Uh, no, there's, a, there's, there's, the, the, you see, uh, we've got those evidences, obviously. But classically, I... classically, you could argue. You see, I just want to, I, I want to say something, yeah, that there's no doubt that we have to be cognizant that uh, political realities and social realities inform persons, people's opinions, yeah, um, and the biggest challenge of our time right now is that we are so dominated by our closeness to the non-Muslims and we're so under pressure because of the strength of non-Muslims that our fiqh and fatwa and our iman and aqidah has been ruined by it. Okay. So in our current time, it's a very popular opinion. And in fact, if, if you ask most Muslims, they can't even process the fact that non-Muslims are going to burn in hellfire forever. They can't process it. They can't deal with it. Millennials, yani, but then the millennials can't deal one minute. No well, matter, millennials no. can't deal with anything, Yanni. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. They can't even accept that there is a concept of punishment. Uh, right? Yanni, you know, with my dearest respect. No, no, I, think, I think they can do, but I think we're scared to say it. Uh, no, scared to say it are those people who believe in it and don't want to say it because of political reasons. No, so, so, so what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that this argument is very popular and that's why we need to spend some time on it. But what you asked is a much better question. Is that where, did it, where does it even come from? Because back in the day, they didn't have that problem. So Imam al-Ghazali, who's one of the early scholars who threw this opinion out there, okay, and tried to, you know, or maybe if Umar is trying to say it, okay, if that's authentic and we're going to criticize that as well, okay, we'll put a critique to it. And even Taymiyyah and these people, 
I can tell you they were the dominant ones. They couldn't care less yani, for the feelings yani, of you know, snowflakes out there, millennials. They didn't worry about that. So are they coming from a position where they genuinely believe that that's where it's at? That's the more interesting point. What's not interesting or important is that people today believe it. People believe all kinds of nonsense today. I think um, what I was trying to hit that is that, uh, get to is if you, it's a bit of a cop-up, but if you say that you're not going to be in China forever, people say, you know what, forget it, I'll take a few years and I'll get That's out. the reason why the scholars are so agreed from every single possible group and aqidah and level. Like, by the way, this is genuinely a nine, even though Ibn Taymiyyah is an ummah in himself and a giant, he's nothing, yani, compared to the ummah. So, even if, if, even if it's true, and I'm going to prove, yani, what I'm going to prove, okay, Ibn Taymiyyah and Ibn Qayyim and Umar, okay, and some scholars of today, Umar? Uh, Ibn Khattab, okay, if I'm putting forward the, the theory, and scholars of today, if they are to the contrary, they make up that which goes against 99.999% of this ummah. Isn't that overwhelming? Between if Jahannam is present and if the Adab is present. That's what people said, but when you think about it, no difference at all. What's the, how, how can where, there be a difference between the two? Because yeah, we're not talking about Jahannam. Oh, sorry, sorry. Absolutely, there is a difference. But the ayat and the position is that the kuffar will be punished forever. Not that the hellfire exists forever or not. Even though that's the, the, the question that's been put, the issue that we're talking about is that the kuffar are punished forever. If the kuffar are punished forever, then it makes hellfire forever. Unless if the hellfire is not forever, then by definition, the kuffar are not being punished forever. And the Quran does not focus on Jahannam being forever. It focuses on the punishment being forever. Uh, As you'll see. But then maybe there is an argument, but then there's got to be some other type of punishment. Well, no, the counter-argument is that no, Allah's mercy is greater and that the, 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 the punishment ends. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. If, if the ayah is saying that the punish forever, yeah. then the punishment is forever. No? That's the reason why everyone believes, everyone okay. believes it. Yeah, sure. All right, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And inshallah, next week, uh, back in uh, Chido, at the time, uh, you need to check the portal, of course, between Maghrib and Isha. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa atu astaghfiruka Allahumma wa atubu ilayk. From Mecca to Al-Mukarramah, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our dua sessions that are more likely to be answered here than anywhere else. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts this effort from all the people involved and all the students. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows it to spread and it be a sadaqah jari for all those who support the project. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Allahumma ameen.